a life of bliss. Being the biography of Bachelor Bliss, with Brenda Bruce as his married sister Anne, Colin Gordon as brother-in-law Tony, Muriel Pavlo as girlfriend Tina, and George Cole as the young man himself, David Alexander Bliss. How does Bliss's shyness affect his social life? Fascinated by my encounters with him, I sought him out at a cocktail party a couple of nights ago. Sorry, didn't catch the last bit. Does a party like this increase the possibility of me what? Becoming tense and muddled and therefore offending somebody. Decreases it. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Decreases the possibility of me offending anybody. Oh, why? Because at a party like this, nobody hears a blind word you say. Perhaps we could go out into the hall and have a chat. Yes, right, huh? Actually, I, I was looking round for Alison Waterhouse to say that the interesting selection of guests is a great tribute to her as a hostess. You're really enjoying yourself, then? No, but my girlfriend works on a magazine, and Alison Waterhouse is her editor. What, then, David, is your honest opinion of cocktail parties? No, oh, I'm glad you asked me that, because I'd say they're civilization's answer to the weird tribal rights of savages. I mean, look round that room. What, what, what do you see? A mass of people hiding their real selves behind masks of artificiality, wearing grotesque fixed smiles and chanting shrill, meaningless incantations, with all the experienced partygoers leading the chant like, like so many witch doctors. I say, who'd have thought I could work up that on orange juice? <laughs> Honestly, though, I can't stand these sort of parties. And if Alison Waterhouse wasn't my girlfriend's boss, he wouldn't be able to see me. Shh, behind you. Hmm? Oh, gosh. Oh, there you are, Miss Waterhouse. I was just looking for you, to compliment you on your behind. No, 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 to compliment you on, on just being able to stand, on, on, your, on your party. And if I may say so, the, the interesting selection of savages is a tribute to your powers as a witch. No, 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 the interesting panel of doctors... As I but... crept away, he was still trying to explain what it was he meant. Back to the present, and over to his brother-in-law's garden for the diplomat. <laughs> Yes, I know. It's your ball, isn't it? Ready? Right. There it goes. Well, down there, look. Come on. Down here. Look. Come on. Find this bush. This one. There you are. That wasn't too difficult, was it? <laughs> now then, I'll throw it again. And this time, you run and fetch it. <laughs> what is it? What? Do you hear something? What? What here against the fence? Well, it's probably a little field mouse or something. Yeah, hey, what, what the what the dickens is what's going on? David, coffee sir. Hello, what on earth do you think you're doing? I was standing by the fence when somebody next door showered me with weeds and leaves and stuff. Oh, so that's it. I thought perhaps you were playing soldiers. Soldiers? Mm, yeah, you couldn't have better camouflage. Let a recruiting sergeant cats out of you looking like that, and you'll be used to suicide before you can say private bliss. Ah, ah, that's got most of it off. Come on. Oh, a lovely crisp morning. Then come to that like in this Saturday morning. Go on, in you go. Yeah, but you, you don't seem to understand what happened. What happened when? Your coffee's there, darling. This is yours, David. Oh, thanks, Anne. Oh, yes, I like that. Grip it between your teeth, and you're all set for a Spanish flamenco. What? You've got a tulip behind your ear. <laughs> Gosh, I have. Well, it's dead, though. Yes, but from your point of view, in keeping. Huh? Dead from the neck up. Oh, you still don't seem to realise somebody next door tipped about a barrel load of weeds and stuff over the fence into your garden. Uh, probably old Henry Leggett himself. Well, that's all you've got to say. Oh, of course, we haven't told you about us and the Leggetts, have we? It's war, you know. Total war. But you, 
You, you were terribly friendly with them before I went abroad. I know, but hostilities broke out about, um... Yeah, how long ago, Anne? Mm, we haven't spoken to them for nearly a year. Yeah, I don't mind admitting I've chucked a weed or two over into their garden before now. Yes, and they've only got themselves to blame. Definitely. Oh, why? Well, what did it all start over? What did it start over? Well, um... Anne, what started? Oh, well, it started because, uh... Because I... Can't for the life of me remember what it was now, but I know it was their fault. Mm. Well, how can you possibly know it was when you don't even remember whatever it was was? Because whatever it was wasn't the sort of thing that we'd do, was it, Tony? I wouldn't dream of it. But it was exactly what you would expect from the legend. Yeah, typical. So they were. We just had to stop speaking to them. Naturally, you can't go on speaking to people who do whatever it was they did. I know, and it wasn't the first time they'd done it, either. <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> Ever since then, of course, a state of war and a series of border incidents. Honestly, I, I'm surprised at you too. Really, I am. You know, if you, you, you think about it, it goes much deeper than your little local fracas. I mean, if next-door neighbours can't get on without being at each other's throats, how can we expect neighbouring countries not to fight each other? Ah, so, I mean, after all, neighbours are people. People make up countries. Countries, the world. So you see, in, in a way, the fact that you can't coexist with the Leggetts holds out precious little hope for the United Nations, or for that matter, for world peace. Darling, you didn't slip anything into his coffee, did you? No, I only wish I could say I had. No, 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 but seriously. Uh, before you go any further, Olaf, let me make it clear that I've never had time to take my seat at the United Nations. And uh, nor, as far as I know, has Anne. No, well, to be honest, I did set out to go once, and I got held up at the supermarket. Okay, pull my leg as much as you like. All right, so, so you're only tossing weeds over into the enemy lines. But, but, but couldn't it just as easily be hand grenades? Yes, and I wish you'd get hold of a couple for me. I could use them to blast old Henry's Russian vine to blazes. What Russian vine? At the bottom of our garden. That's Henry's Russian vine. Forced its way under the fence and took root there over a year or so ago. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. Did you see that science fiction play on telly the other night where a form of vegetable life started taking over the country, twining its giant tendrils around everything inside, cars, houses, the lot? Crashing them to pieces? Yes. Well, I don't want to worry you, but old Henry's vines had me by the leg a couple of times. <laughs> well, I must admit, it is a bit thick. And it's growing thicker and thicker all the time. It's dead, spooky. Oh, good heavens, where's Psyche? <coughs> ah, thank goodness, there you are. I thought for one awful moment. <coughs> oh, don't be silly, Psyche. Come on, get out of the waste paper basket. <laughs> I was only joking. Well, of course I was. Whatever did all that mean? Some people have a twisted sense of humour. <laughs> not half as twisted as old Henry's vine. I suppose there's nothing sinister about it being Russian. No, outer space had been nearer the mark. Let's face it, Henry's himself got all the pedantic characteristics of a robot. The complete nine-to-five suburban Dalek. I leave house at eight, five, press the ice stay, catch the... Careful, you'll set the secretary-general off again. <laughs> Either me or Psyche. <coughs> oh, for goodness sake, come on, out of the waste paper basket. Tony was joking. Time. Unrepeatable. <laughs> it makes it a bit tricky for me, you know. Julian's a pal of mine. I wanted to know when he was going to be around. Julian who? Old Henry's son, you mean. He's not around much now. Landed a good job up in London. I know. He wrote to me saying he'd moved up there. He's quite clever. He must have been to get away from Charlotte. As a mother, she has all the makings of a Russian vine. <laughs> a perfect match for Henry. He's a bit of a creeper. <laughs> uh, Charlotte seems to be coming out of it best. She's only had the makings of a Russian vine. Yes, but I haven't even started yet. She's stuck up 
Where's the trousers? Oh, yes, she wears the trousers all right. Henry's not allowed in through the front door till he's taken off his shoes. I arrive home at six, eight, precisely. Take off the <laughs> shoes. <laughs> yes, but Charlotte's house proud to the point of mania. Walk into their sitting room and you feel you've suddenly been transported to the ideal home exhibition. <laughs> then the whole house never looks lived in. I know, but as we've already pointed out, it may not be in a human sense. <laughs> Psyche, get out of there. It's just a joke. Well, now, if nobody has any objections, I'm going to pop round next door and find out when Julian's likely to be coming down. Would you mind? Well, if you pop round next door, no good heavens. I've got nothing against Henry. In fact, I'm quite fond of the old devil. Well, I've certainly got nothing against Charlotte. You could both have fooled me. <laughs> I, um, I suppose you wouldn't be prepared to bury the hatchet. Hello, he is hoping to be you, Thunt. <laughs> Bless you, are, of course, we wouldn't. Ask him round for a drink one evening if you like. Okay, I'll do that. Tell Henry to give me a tinkle and we'll fix it up. I'll pop round straight away before you change your mind. I know then, but don't forget to take your shoes off at the front door. It's not only a Japanese custom. No, it's Charlotte's too. Oh, and you, Thunt, don't be surprised if you get a rather chilly reception. Well, that's obvious, isn't it? All part of the Cold War. Hello, Mrs. Leggett. Good gracious. Oh, I thought you'd be surprised to see me. Well, I must confess I am in the circumstances. You'd better come inside, David. It's rather chilly. Yeah, I know. It is rather a cold war today. No, it is rather a cold reception. <laughs> cold day, but a warm reception. And jolly nice and warm in your... What are you doing, exactly? Well, taking my shoes off. Is that customary? Oh, gosh, oh, I'm so sorry I'm absent-minded. Oh, yeah, I thought perhaps you were Japanese. Um, I respect that part. I thought you'd like me to take my shoes off in case they were Russian. They're uh, muddy. Your years abroad don't appear to have changed you at all. Shall we go into the front room? Oh, after you, Mrs. Leggett. And how are you keeping after all this time? I'm very well, thank you. Oh, jolly good. And how's Mr. Dalek? Um, Dalek? You got the delectable smell of furniture polish in this room. Is, uh, is Mr. Ideal at home? Are you your <laughs> husband at home? Yes, he'll be in in a moment. I take it there's a reason for your visit, David. Oh, well, yes. I was wondering when Julian's likely to be down. Well, I'm afraid he never lets us know until the last moment. He's a naughty boy in that way. Well, you must be jolly proud of him, though. I mean, landing such a wonderful job. I was none too happy about Julian moving up to London to live at first. Well, it's only natural when a son leaves home. I think every vine feels the same. Vine? <laughs> no, thanks, I don't drink. <laughs> you said every vine feels the same. Yes, I bet they would to me. The few I've tasted certainly have. No, 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 you don't understand. I say, did you say we had it? Good gracious. Hello, Mr. Leggett. Nice to see you again after all this time. Yeah, not nice to see you. Uh, do you know, it's so long since we saw you, i quite forgotten your name. You thant. You, 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 you... <laughs> you think you've got a bad memory, but I bet mine's worse. I'm David. Yes, I do realize now, yeah. David wants you to know when Julian would be down, but as I explained, we really can't say it because... Yes, but that's not my only reason for popping in. Uh, Tony wondered if you and Mr. Leggett would like to come round for a drink one evening. What? Tony Fellows? The next door, yes. My brother-in-law. I must confess, I find that quite extraordinary, considering... Uh, yes, I, I know all about that, but Anne and Tony feel it's high time you buried the hatchet. I venture to suggest it might be better if Tony dug it up and set to work on that fir tree of theirs. What fir tree? The one with branches overhanging our garden, which I believe, in the strictest sense, is illegal. But doubtless Tony would say that I was being characteristically pedantic. Oh, I'm sure he wouldn't say anything of the sort. Very diplomatic of you. Well, it is not a question of being diplomatic. I'm quite sure Tony wouldn't dream of describing you as pedantic, let alone as a robot. I mean, as for, as, as for the fir tree, you could discuss that when you came round. Doubtless I could. But as a matter of interest, how did the robot come up? 
I leave house at eight five precisely. Cat. Gosh, what am I doing? Leaving. Leaving, I trust. Uh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait a second. I, I, I made a mess of it, I know, but, but the fact is that Anne and Tony genuinely want to be friends again. And you know, if, if, if you think about it, it goes much deeper than a little local feud between neighbours. I mean, if, if you can't manage to coexist, how, how can we expect it from neighbouring planets? Uh, I mean, neighbouring countries. After all, pe people are only neighbours. Neighbours only Martians. Uh, uh, <laughs> people make up countries. Countries of the world. But I honestly believe each and every one of us should do our best to live together in outer space. In utter peace. Charlotte, have you by any chance given him a glass of your Aunt Lucille's elderberry wine? Yeah, no, but uh, your wife was kind enough to offer me one. I did no such thing. We were talking about Julian. And you said something about every wine feeling... That could be, uh, I, I mean, every vine tasting... Oh, never mind. It's not important. No, but it's important to me to know whether I can tell Anne and Tony you'll come round for a drink. Well, there's no other way of getting rid of you. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Tony said if you'd like to give him a tinkle, you can fix it all up. Forgive my saying so, but I really feel it's up to him to give me a tinkle. Well, I can't see it makes much difference one way or the other. Then it follows he won't object to telephoning me. Well, no, of course he won't. I'll get him to ring you the moment I get back. I'd better be getting back now. Goodbye, Mrs. Leggett. I might try a sip of your Aunt Lucille's wine next time, if you're kind enough to offer it to me again. I'll take you Bye. to the door. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've negotiated a peace. You don't mean to tell me that Charlotte and Henry have agreed to come round one evening? Yes, I do. Then I take my hat off to you, old lad. How you managed to persuade them, I just wouldn't know. No, and if you'd been there, you'd still have been none the wiser. <laughs> but they've accepted, all right. Splendid. So Henry's going to give me a tinkle and fix up wet. Well, no, he wondered if you mind giving him a tinkle. But why can't the old devil give me a ring, for goodness sake? Well, does it really make any difference, one way or the other? Well, not as far as I'm concerned. Well, I knew you'd take it like that. So what's his objection in ringing me? Well, he hasn't got any objection, only. Well, it's a small point, surely. As small as Henry is minded. All right, so, so perhaps he is, but I can't believe it's worth going on with the feud for the sake of a phone call. Why, come to that, Anne could call over the fence to Charlotte. Yes, and I will, gladly. Well, that's the solution, then. Providing she calls first. <laughs> I'm surprised at you two, really. I now, don't start that again. We've invited them round, and you must see that the next move is up to them. Well, I don't know about that, but I do know I'm beginning to feel sorry for the Secretary-General. I was going to consult my shopping list. Not that I ever remember to write anything down on it. I say, Tony, mm -hmm. I've got an idea. When would it be convenient for you to have them here? Oh, I don't know. Tomorrow evening will be okay for us. Time? Uh, around six, where? That's the next move. I'll act as an intermediary. Dash round there now and ask them if that's okay by them. You are taking your role of peacemaker seriously. Okay, well, lad, off you go. You'll have my blessing. Oh, thanks, Tony. Oh, my dear chap. Now, David, in lieu of an olive branch, you might take along a dozen or so yards of that Russian vine. Tomorrow evening about six, yes, David. I think that would suit us admirably. Oh, wonderful. So perhaps you'll be good enough to ask Tony to give me a tinkle to confirm it. Well, I hell as like. Well, I, I admit it was petty of him, Tony, but honestly, is that any excuse for you reacting in the same way? It's all right, I'll go. I'm on my way out to the shops anyway. Won't be long. You know, it's funny. As far as I was concerned, it all began as a joke. And now bringing you and the Leggetts together is fast becoming a challenge. In that case, the next move is up to you. Well, I suppose it is, in a way. I'm blurred if I can think of one, though. If I may suggest. Well, by all means. A wad of cotton wool soaked in chloroform, then carry them round here. <laughs> it may come to that. Joking apart, I mean, it ought to be possible to work out some way of... Be... Hello, darling. Oh, hello, Tina. I'd completely forgotten you were coming round. 
Oh, it's nice to feel wanted. Hello, Tony. Hello there. Now, I'd hate you to think it was just an, an excuse to leave you two together, but I, by a strange coincidence, I do have something to do in the garage. See you before you go. Yes, all right. Well, darling? Hmm? Oh, fine, thanks. You? Oh, no, not again. It's getting to be a habit. What? Every time we meet, you've got something else on your mind. Well, I haven't got anything else on my mind now. Sure. Positive. Well, then, isn't the next move yours? Well, yes. I'm just trying to work it out. How about a little show of affection? Well, that's easy enough to say, but you've got to get them together first. How about uh, us getting together? Well, no point in dragging you into it. You don't even know them. Uh, no, but I know when I'm beaten. Know what's on your mind, too. You do? Yes, Mr. Secretary General. Anne filled me in. Well, don't you think it's incredible there should be a deadlock over a silly thing like who phones who? Not really. Happens all the time. We've got to solve the problem of how to bring the two sides together. And the quicker we solve it, the sooner I get kissed. So let's put our heads together. Yes, close together. To correct the omission, darling. Hmm. <laughs> and so, to the problem. Problem? What problem? Old Uncle Tom Cobbley next door is insisting on protocol, right? Old Henry Leggett, yes. And Tony's determined he's not going to be the one to phone, so... So, we need a face-saver. Question is, what sort of... Of course, I know. Remember one night before I'd met Tony, I asked you about him and you impersonated him for me. Um, now where was it now? Well, in the coffee bar on High Street. That's it, yes. And you sounded exactly like him. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't have said it was that good. I would. So, you see, Tony doesn't have to phone. You can stand in for him. Oh, good heavens. I'm sorry, but that wouldn't work for a second. Old Henry's only going to be satisfied if Tony himself rings him. I know. And for all he knows, Tony will be ringing him. No, no, that's just where you're wrong. Nothing's going to make Tony pick up the phone now he's dug his heels in. But he doesn't have to pick it up, does he? Not Yeah, when... I know what you're going to say, but I'm afraid that won't work either. Why? Anne won't call over the fence. Do you impersonate her? Well, of course not. But you do remember the night you impersonated Tony. Well, yes. I said I did. And I said, so he won't have to phone. You can stand in for him. Yes, I know, darling, but I promise you it just wouldn't work. Tony ringing him personally is the... Oh, gosh, I see what you mean. <laughs> I knew you would in time. Only the length surprised me. I say, that is an idea. I'm sure my impersonation of Tony is good enough. Let's hear it again. All right, let me think. Um, uh, before you go any further, old lad, I've never had any time to take my seat at the United Nations. Bless your heart, of course he won't mind. I've got nothing against the old devil. Okay, old lad, off you go. You have my blessing, my dear chap. How's that? It could have been him. Honestly? How long is it since he last spoke to Uncle Tom Cobbley? Well, I haven't spoken for nearly a year. Now, given a fair wind and over the phone, it'll pass. Do you think it's worth doing, or, or is it, well, just a touch of the Don Quixots, tilting at windmills? I'd go ahead and tilt. I'll look up the number. Risk of Tony walking in unexpectedly. Negligible. Once he starts tinkering about with the... Ah, Vale 3015. Once Tony starts tinkering about with the car, nothing gets him out of the garage except the booming of a large dinner gong. And only about the third time, even then. They have a dinner gong? No, but Anne's pretty impressive when she's got a meal ready. Ah, no, 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 no numbers ringing out. Now, now, don't get tense. Just relax. Remember, you're Tony. Keep the impersonation up and the call as short as... Henry Leggett. Oh, hello, old uncle. Tony Quixit here. Uh, uh, Don Cobbley and all. But, um, <laughs> Tony Confucius. Um, you must have got the wrong number. No, no, no. Wrong, wrong name, actually, old lad. Something else on my mind. It's, it's me, old lad. Tony Fellows. What? Next door? Next door, yes. My brother-in-law. Uh, David's <laughs> brother-in-law. He mumbled something about confirming tomorrow night, so I decided to tilt you up. But, uh, to give you a quick windmill. But, uh, a quick tinkle, old lad. 
Uh, around six, okay for you? Uh, quite, uh, quite, quite convenient, yes, and uh, much appreciated. Oh, my dear chap. I take it it's a private get-together? Oh, yes, yes, just Dan and I and you and Charlotte. And uh, David, I presume? Oh, yes, I'll be there, too. <laughs> uh, you will. Will what? Uh, um, uh, hold on, old lad. He will what? No, you've got it all mixed up. You said I'll be there when you should have said David. Oh, right. Uh, hello, old lad. Apparently I said Tina will be there when I should have said David. Oh, Noddy. Who's Tina? My girlfriend, Noddy. The bigger partner? <laughs> I'm joking, old lad, joking. Uh, I appreciate you pulling my leg about the girlfriend. On the contrary, she's real enough. Columbus. Oh, yes, I'm sure she is, but I wouldn't advise inviting her along tomorrow evening. Oh, bless your own heart. Why ever not? Well, Anne might conceivably disapprove. Oh, why on earth should she disapprove of me asking my... Oh, oh, oh gosh, I, I see what you mean. I, I meant, uh, meant David will probably bring his girlfriend along. Sorry, old lad, distracted. I got young Alexander tugging at my trousers to go and play with him. Oh, that will explain it, yes. I say, I hope you'll take this in the spirit it's meant, but for the past few minutes, you've sounded exactly like your brother-in-law. I say, really? Well, that is a compliment. You're pleased with the sort of sounding like David? Oh, gosh, oh, I see. You meant like me. But like him. Well, uh, no, you, you couldn't pay anybody a worse insult. Uh, but you're, you're right, old lad. Alexander, you know, tugging up my trousers. <laughs> Better ring off now. See you tomorrow night, old lad. Well, about six o'clock, yes. Regards to the wife, and... Uh, your gesture in fighting me, much appreciated. Ah, my dear chap. Cheerio, Henry. Regards to Mrs. Face. Don't worry to the wife. Sorry, distracted again. Must go now. Girlfriend, you know. Just tug my trousers off. <laughs> Tina, uh, Alexander. <laughs> Sounding like David again, eh? <laughs> Goodbye, Henry. Bye, Tony. Ooh, I'm sweating like a bull. <laughs> I'd lend you a tissue, but I'm mopping up myself. I've stood outside this door like a mug for a full minute coughing discreetly, then realized you were on the phone. Seen my tobacco pouch anywhere? Oh, uh, yes, it's here, look. Uh, yeah, guess what, Tony? That was old Henry. What? Next door? Yes, and he wanted to speak to you. Decided to waive protocol and to ring up and say they'd love to come tomorrow. Well, why didn't you give me a shout? Well, I didn't think you wanted to be interrupted. And, to be honest, neither did we. Oh, that's a cue for an exit if ever I heard one. See you both later. Oh, I do believe we got away with it. Oh, you're right. The battle's over. This is a moment for rejoicing. Except that there's a snag. What? If, when he's round here tomorrow night, old Henry should again thank Tony for phoning him. Oh, good heavens, yes. What a horrifying thought. And I can only think of two things that are likely to stop me worrying about it. Oh, what? A wad of cotton wool soaked in chloroform. Or kissing you, darling. Mmm. Oh, gosh. You know something? It could be chloroform. Say, Anne, I've never seen such a selection of sandwiches and snacks. And all done so decoratively, too. Are you suggesting that I did it just because Charlotte and Henry are coming round? No, 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 of course not. Well, you're quite wrong, I did. <laughs> I gave the room an extra polish, too. I know what Charlotte's like. Look, these have got a sort of prawn mayonnaise filling. See what you think of them. <laughs> Psyche! Yes, delicious. No, I'll try one. Oh, good heavens, that'll be them. Okay, I'll go. Ooh, just five, too. More likely to be Tina. You're forgetting about Henry. How do you mean? Invited round for drinks at six o'clock. Arrive at six. Here you go. Hello. Oh, hello, hello darling. Tina. <laughs> Tony, you come with me. I want you to put some sticks in the sausages. David and Tina can put the glasses out. Well, darling, peace talks are about to commence. Yes, you're right. In, uh, let's see, four minutes from now, the warring factions will at last meet round the table. Strange, you know, but I, I, I feel quite nervous. Not so strange. Don't forget, there's still the possibility of old Henry Watsit thanking Tony for phoning him yesterday. No, I hadn't forgotten it, but not for want of trying. 
Still, there's only one answer. I'll have to... Oh, hello, that must be them. My watch must be slow. Yes, there's only one answer for me to station myself beside Henry and Tony all evening and steer them off the subject. We'll both cling to them like... How are you, old man? Oh, that's sure. You do the introduction, David, while I pour one of my blockbuster cocktails. No, Mr. Leggett, my girlfriend, Tina Holliday. Hello. How do you do? As a matter of fact, Mr. Fellows mentioned we might have the pleasure of meeting you. I mentioned it? Yes, yes, you remember. Uh, Bridge Road with forms in, Mr. Leggett. I'll have one of each, if I may. In here, Charlotte. Oh, hello, Mrs. Leggett. Oh, meet my girlfriend, Tina Holliday. Hello, pleased to meet you. Where would you like to sit, Charlotte? On the sofa? A cocktail? Sounds lovely. I've got to pop up and put Alexander's light out, so would you look after Charlotte for me, Tina? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, of course. Now then, Henry, where were we? Ah, yes, you said something about me mentioning Tina would be here. Yes, yes, that's right. Oh, the uh, sausage uh, on a stick, Mr. Leggett. Oh, no, thank you. Um, you were saying, Henry, I mentioned... Uh, it... Oh, here you are, Tony. You can have the sausage. Uh, oh, thanks. But you know, you've got nothing yourself, old lad. Here, have a sandwich and one of these bridge roll concoctions, too. And you must have a sausage on a stick yourself. Oh, both hands full, huh? Never mind. I'll pop one in your mouth. There. Oh, May as well make it two while I'm about it. There. Oh, so. so why not a hat trick? There oh, you oh, are. Now then, Henry. Sorry to go on about it, but I must clear up the mystery. When did I mention Tina might be here? No, I think it was someday. David, David, you know better than to speak with your mouth full. Not to mention interrupting Henry. Uh, when I rang to watch... To invite us round officially. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Do you know I'd completely forgotten I'd phoned you? Oh, I can't say I'm surprised. You weren't at all yourself. As I made clear at the time. Oh, why? Why, what did you say? Well, to be honest, that you sounded exactly... Well, do write that picture, Mr. Come now, David. Still speaking with your mouth full? No. It's empty now. Oh, well, never mind. We'll soon put that right. Let's see. Is that plate of sausages still about you? Yes, yes, right. Here we go. One, two, three. I know. Let's try for the jackpot. Four, five, six. There. Now then, Henry. <laughs> you were saying? Well, that you sounded exactly like... I'm terribly sorry, but Alexander heard Henry and Charlotte arrive, and he wants them to go up and say goodnight. Oh, well, I'm delighted, delighted. I'm so sorry to bother you, but you know what they're like at this age. <laughs> Apologize, I'm delighted. Oh, and darling, would you be an angel and take the pasties out of the oven for me? Yes, right, right. Your lucky night, David. But for Anne, Henry might have finished the sentence. Might have finished the sentence. But we were afraid we were late. Never mind. Forget I asked. I'm far more interested in the problem in hand. Which one? How are you going to finish those sausages? <laughs> Hello, darling. Hello, Tina. Come along in. First thing I want to know is, was a peace treaty finally signed last night? Yes, definitely. Anne told me all about it when I got back from taking you home. Tony's agreed to lop off the overhanging branches and Henry to plant his legs in another part of the garden. <laughs> to plant, plant his vine. So, so there you are. The war's over and I'm completely free to... Oh, here, let me, uh, let me help you off with your coat. Completely free to concentrate all my hostility on you. To, to concentrate on helping you to take everything off. <laughs> give you my full attention. Dizzy at the thought. Oh, hello. Some man must be following you. Ah, David. Just the man I wanted. Oh, hello, Mr. Leggett. Look, Julian's appeared out of the blue, and we want you to come round. Oh, well, that, that's, uh, that's jolly nice of you, only, um, well, I, I, I've got Tina here. Then you must both come round. Um, oh. No, I won't take no for an answer. We're having a little celebration. I expect you both round in about, what, five minutes? So long now. See you then. Goodbye. You know something, darling? What? I resign as Secretary General. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was A Life of Bliss with George Cole as David Bliss, Brenda Bruce as Anne Fellows, Colin Gordon as Tony Fellows, and Muriel Pavlo as Tina Holliday. Impersonations by Psyche and Percy Edwards. Henry and Charlotte Leggett were played by Jeffrey Sumner and Rose Hill. A Life of Bliss is written by Godfrey Harrison and produced by John Browell. Thank <laughs> you.